0: Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of the New Ground Life and Leadership Podcast. Uh, today, I am really excited to bring you and introduce you to a dear friend of mine, the incredible Mrs. Wendy Stevens. Hello, Wendy.
1: Hello. Thanks for the introduction.
0: <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Now, today we're going to be talking about the whole theme of hospitality, and the reason. I thought this would be a good conversational topic to have with Wendy is because knowing Wendy for many years now, um, I know that across all the time that I've known you, you have always been ex- exceptional uh, opening up your home to people and um, getting alongside new people. You... Uh, certainly pre-pandemic I don't know what it's like now that'd be an interesting conversation to have but certainly pre-pandemic on any just regular week basis you would have more than 30 people in your house um th- throughout the week and have regularly had lodgers even when you were newly married you and Ollie had lodgers living with you you've got two children um you're a, a prof- you're a teacher secondary school teacher and married to someone who's pastoring a church and so your life's busy full on and yet you always seem to be able to make time for hospitality meeting new people having them around your house and so i want to talk about that i want to find out is it just you know a, a trait of your extroversion you love being with people uh, what things have you learned from the bible what is it how does being a christian inform the way that you um kind of live your life and have people around your house those are the sorts of things we're talking about is that okay
1: sounds
0: good. Good. So, I know this is something you're passionate about. Why don't we start, Wend, with you talking to us a bit about um, the impact that hospitality and church fellowship has made on your life, and then perhaps why you have always made it such a discipline of yours.
1: Um, So, I became a Christian when I was 19, and um, I, I sort of started going to this small church, and they were incredible at hospitality and um, people just opened the houses up and I'd turn up a bit of a mess at people's houses. Um, there was clothes everywhere. They were mid cooking dinner, half doing things, but always welcomed me into the house. I always felt like I had a place that I could go and just vent about stuff or just be part of someone's family. And it wasn't fake. It wasn't like they needed to get the hoover out and make a a la carte mill it was just raw and real and it just instantly made me feel connected and part of a family which I kind of longed for um, and then I did a gap year up in Manchester and again people just let me into their houses and I you know just sort of helped out with dinners I just sat around their tables and being someone who was single at the time, just felt a sense of like part of something. I just felt so welcomed, felt such a presence of Jesus in those moments as well. And um, just thought, I always want to do this. Like, I don't want my house to be, oh, I can't have people around because I haven't dusted or cleaned or uh, what will people think of my cooking? Like, it's so much more about just opening your door and letting people feel part of your family part of the real life that you live and kind of seeing that we're not perfect like really not perfect people have come around to have burnt dinners around here <laughs> they've had like my knickers hanging up on the washing line you know like we're raw and uh, but people always say they feel welcome here and that's what I've always wanted to have like a place where people know that they can come at any point and just be part of our family
0: mm. and so your I mean your introduction to Christianity then seems to go hand in hand with hospitality like you talk about the church that you're part of as a small church that you got saved into introduced you to a family and a community um which for for a number of people that's not been their experience of church they kind of get introduced to church is quite a formal sterile thing but to see it as a family then I guess informs the way that you such a kind of why, why was it such a core part of the church there and why do you think this is such a a, Christian, a part of the Christian gospel
1: um, so I've been reading Hebrews recently and Hebrews 13 verse 2 says don't forget to show hospitality to strangers some have done this um, and entertained angels without realising it which is just awesome I mean I'm happy to have as many angels come in and having my burnt dinners as possible <laughs> but it's such a you know you only have to read the life of Jesus and see that's what he did I mean he didn't even have a house people were doing it to him And when he says like in Matthew, you know, I was hungry, I was thirsty and you fed me and you gave me a drink and you welcomed me. You think like Jesus is just modelling like this life or we're not meant to be behind big gated walled houses. And this is my house. Don't come in. We're meant to be people who open it up and share it with others. Um, And I always see that when we first got married, we had a tiny little flat, but I felt like it was such a blessing from God. And so we used to pile people in because it I just was like, well, if God's given me this, I just want to use this for his glory and welcome people. And it's it's just a nice place. I think Sunday morning sometimes, especially if you're part of a big church, you can feel so lost. You can enjoy the worship, you can have a great preach, and then you think, What now? Whereas you know, you have people round and they suddenly get to know you and inviting strangers and inviting new people into your home and it's such a nice way of getting to know people
0: mm, i i just go, sticking with um the bible because you're like i um i read john tyson the new york pastor and uh, he has a, a chapter on hospitality and he he points out as well that in with the ministry of jesus on three occasions jesus uses the phrase the son of man came Like, talk about why he's here. He said, First of all, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. We're familiar with that. The Son of Man came to offer his life as a ransom for many. Familiar with that. But then the other, the third one is the Son of Man came eating and drinking, which is fascinating. Like, this is right at the heart of the gospel, isn't it? That God's inclusion, God's welcome home. Um, I guess that's why Christians have have practiced it so regularly. Uh, So, I mean, you mentioned new in uh, when you're newly married in the flat lots of people around um is it just that you have a quite high tolerance for chaos you know how do you push through some of the barriers of things that would stop people from you know welcoming people into their home
1: yeah i guess i am an extrovert i do like i am fueled by people so there is probably an element that i find it easier than some people um i don't I don't always like chaos actually but yes I do I am around chaos a lot
0: <laughs> I guess what would you say to people what would you say to people who um who really feel freaked out about the idea of having lots of people in their home even like you said about letting people see their house in chaos etc
1: I just feel like I don't know. I feel like in England, especially—I don't know other countries—so, but um, in, I feel like sometimes people put too much emphasis on what what things need to look like or be like, you know. And I know when I, early days, when I first came to Eastbourne, I had an address list for the church and thought I'm going to get to know everybody. And every week, just invited a couple people round for lunch <laughs> in this house I was renting, um, and um, like I've felt this pressure to do like a three course meal and so it, I'd find starters I'd be spending a lot of money which I didn't really have at the time and put all this pressure that I was gonna wow them with my like expertise in food which quite early on I realized I'm not that great at cooking like I'm average you know it's all right you're never going to get an amazing meal you're going to get an okay meal with me um and then I, I think from when I started doing it I realized it was so much more about the food like the best meals, I would say, is I've got like a hot chicken frontesco and a loaf of bread. There's, you know, or people, when they start feeling comfortable in the house and they want to bring things. So had life group last night. Um, there's this Singapore girl um, who's been coming and she just said, please, can I come and cook? She's a student. She lives in halls. And she was like, can I just come out and cook some Singapore noodles for you? I was like, yes, you can. So she brought two massive woks. She's in the kitchen cooking. Amazing. Um, so I don't think it's, I feel sometimes we put so much pressure on that we've got to be like Michelin massage chefs and, <laughs> and have something a la carte and awesome on the table. And actually, you can just put a loaf of bread and a hot chicken from Tesco's and you still get the same effect. I think food's great because it helps you sit around the table and not feel weird and talk and chat and, and, and make it feel there's a purpose for it. But I feel we put too much emphasis on what to cook. Or, or you know how ha- I can't have someone around yet my house is still dirty or I can't do this you know I think just use what God gives you
0: mm. and so when we talk about hospitality do you think we're always talking about having people into our home and that's obviously a large part of it but uh, maybe help us think through what would you say is a is a definition of hospitality what does it mean
1: I wrote this quote down from Rosanna Butterfield, which says, hospitality means pro- being profoundly unselfish. And I liked that. I thought that, that's what how I would sum it up. It's suddenly going, how can I make someone else feel part of something, welcome, included? It's not thinking about myself and thinking, I don't know, sometimes we get a bit caught up in what I need to be doing. And it is, it is tough sometimes. Sometimes you have a family round and we've got children, so if they're the same age, that's a dream, because then hopefully Finley and Pippa become friends and take them off, and you're like, phew. Um, sometimes it doesn't work, and you have all these strange children in your house, not all playing, and you're like, oh, and it, it isn't great. But again, you, you just work with that. And then it's kind of not being, not being selfish, I suppose, thinking how can I bless... These children, like maybe having a little toy here, might be nice. Um, <laughs> Ollie's very good at like suddenly spontaneously doing a, a game with them and I'll just leave him and I'll go and wash up or something. Um <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think it is that sort of kind of how can I make somebody else feel like if they were if they were an angel, if they were Jesus, how would you how would you embrace them? How would you want them to feel part of your family and connected? You would really go all out. And sometimes it is that with people you don't know, making them feel included in the love of Jesus through
0: So uh being so profound, included like Rosaria, what you doing. The quote from Rosaria Butterfield, being profoundly unselfish, how, how do we become profoundly unselfish? Like it's one thing to do something, but I know I can do something and still feel really kinda of, embittered against doing it like we all know the Lord loves a cheerful giver what about if you can't be cheerful and you're just really stingy and selfish should you not give um how do you become unselfish is my question
1: well I've spoke to as I knew I was doing this podcast with you I spoke to uh, quite a few friends at church who don't like doing it but do it <laughs> and uh, they would class themselves as introverts and I said to them you know like why do you do it like You know, you really don't like people in your house. It and then they all kind of said along the same thing. Really, they they have read the Bible. They're very Bible believing people, and they know they should. And they just want to be like more and more like Jesus. And they know that it's a way of honouring what God's given them, honouring like they're you know giving what they've got and being someone who just blesses others. And then a few tips they shared really is. Just knowing your limits. So my really good friend Jackie, she is incredible at hospitality. Yet she would say she really struggles with it. You wouldn't know. <laughs> but she would say like she has to just safeguard um, herself. So if they're knowing they're having a couple of families round for a barbecue after church, she knows she'll need some downtime on Monday because people don't charge her they drain her um and she would say she prefers more people to come to a house because then she it's not so much she doesn't get anxious and the pressure on herself having to make conversation and it all being about what do i have to ask what do i have to bring and um, where she said when she has a like a couple of families round, in theory it sounds mental and she's like what have i done inviting like Three families round with children. It's going to be crazy. But she said because there's more people, then they start talking, and it's, she almost like facilitates a place for new people to get to know each other. And they all think she's amazing, and she's in the kitchen going ah. But like she said, she she needs her downtime. But she also knows when she reflects, like God just blesses her, i'm so stepping out and being something she really doesn't want to do. She knows God just honours that and keeps continuing to bless her. So she keeps doing it, which is amazing. Mm,
0: That is amazing. I love that phrase you use as well, that um, she facilitates this. And I guess, is that one way of thinking about hospitality, that you're facilitating encounters with God or with grace through our behaviour, talk to me about how that works.
1: I think um, so. I've been running a well. I started a student and twenties group in September because we've got quite a small university in Eastbourne. Um, but we had three new students, and because of lockdown, etc., we didn't even have a student lunch on offer. Like these three, these three people turned up, and there was no welcome. You know, it's like brilliant. You're in. <laughs> Hope you make some friends and uh, i i noticed them the second week at church and thought right i've got to do something so i started up a student and 20s life group that I met at my house and i just sort of said oh, i'll cook just come round, and we get about between 15 and 19 people and uh, i try it looks like christmas we've got every single size chair we've got some people in bean bags around this table and i i try <laughs> and fit us all around as, as squashed as we can A few people have babies now, so the odd people bring their baby along. So it is absolutely carnage. Um, But, like, the nice thing is is I feel like... And I work four days a week. Tuesdays are a really busy day. I'm pretty tired. So I normally try and organise myself where I make a a big pot of food on the Monday night. So all it really needs doing is heating up because I get in and then they turn up. And it is all a bit crazy but i do feel like those evenings i feel like i'm just facilitating i get the plates out i put the sausage casserole on the table and they are they they just work with each other they all help me load the dishwasher um, some people bring things some weeks um and people start just mucking in we end up feeling like this like big crazy family around a table and some tuesdays i won't lie i am absolutely exhausted do not really want anyone in my house. The house is a mess. But I've got my dinner ready on the Monday night. I kind of plonk it on the table, and the times I'm just really tired, I leave them to all chat and connect and socialise and laugh together. And I kind of hang out in the kitchen, just sort of slowly washing up or something. Um, but it's great because it's not about me, you know, like I can use my house, and I know if I didn't do it, these three students particularly wouldn't have connected in with church. And we keep getting new people every week, people who sort of round the edges going, is there anything I can come to? And it's just great seeing them making friendships and connecting. It's not about me, which I really do feel is, you know, you don't have it doesn't have to be all on you. Sometimes facilitating is a really good opportunity.
0: Mm. It strikes me as being something that's so needed at the moment, doesn't it? Like particularly post COVID, we spent so long where we've been told to keep our distance from one another. There does need to be this radical act a fundamentally christian act of stepping towards people facilitating creating spaces to facilitate encounters i love when one of the things i I just kind of you you touched on it then that there are often tuesdays where you say i really don't want this i'm tired which is nice to know that you're as human as the rest of us (laughs) (laughs) which it's easy to forget when i hear how many people you always host and you know provide hospitality to but how what would you say to people who you know It's not just a question of it's tiring to have people into my home. It's the question of it's a matter of fear, like allowing people to see your imperfection because my, you know, my kids aren't going to be well behaved. Maybe I'm sure maybe yours are perfect or the house is going to be messy. How do you help people push through that barrier of fear? that that they'll be exposed and seen for their imperfection that they have. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Some of the insecurities that might stop us from stepping towards people and and using our homes as places of connection.
1: I think um, I used to have 1 Peter 4 verse 9 written over my mirror, which says, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. And I used to, oh, okay, God. Um, But I, I, I just feel like it says it very clearly in the Bible like I've just got to learn to do it and then um, yeah I, I don't know I think especially today talking to the students 20s last night they would say they live in a um, filtered community you know with all the filters on your phone and your fake world on social media and stuff like suddenly going oh this is me with all my spots and, and no makeup on, and I don't live in that house I posted a picture outside. This is me on a little tiny flat on a council estate. Oh, um, you know, like, it is it's scary, because you, you're you going, and this is me. Um, and we've just got a, a Spanish student living with us for three weeks, and uh, <laughs> I, dropped, I dropped someone off at this amazing house. and You know, you think, oh, so she's seen where her friends live in, and now I've just got to drive and be like "Da da, this is us (laughs) and I thought this is really mean because like gosh but yeah this is it and like it's really lovely seeing her just feeling really relaxed in our house and connecting in and she doesn't care and actually when she shows me a house in Spain she's got a mansion with a swimming pool in the garden and so it's the downgrade for her for three weeks but actually watching her just hanging out with us enjoying dinner and just laughing you think it's so much more than the house it's so much more than seeing us shouting at the kids if they're not going to bed and all that like she I think she quite enjoys being around just a normal family and seeing it but yeah it is hard like I think you do have to fight that fear I think a lot of people would say but you know this is all I have and I remember one family in the church invited Ollie and myself around for dinner once with our kids and they had a tiny, tiny little house and um, they didn't even have enough chairs for us all. They asked us if we could bring camp chairs because they didn't have enough chairs for their table. And um, yeah, you you just were all crammed in this little kitchen. And yeah, you know, I, I noticed it was very small and I was sitting on my camping chair in a kitchen but their love and just, they, you know, and they it, they pretty much did baked beans, sausage and mash. It was, they didn't have lots of money, but they just wanted to be like Jesus and open up the house. And you think for them, it must have been a lot of fear to invite us round into their little house with all their mess and no chairs. But we felt so honoured and blessed that they wanted us to be part of their family, that I didn't really care. I didn't really notice. I think you can take a leaf out of people like them. You know, they, I don't know, they probably did have fear and probably thought, oh, do we want Wendy and Ollie coming round and looking at what we have? Um, And I think we just need to get over that. It's easier said than done, but we've got to be more like Jesus, haven't we? We've got to be people who just open up our houses and just say, this is me. Come and be part of me.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you're absolutely right. Like the the times that you get invited to people's homes... um and they might not be the most impressive homes that you get to but you don't notice because you just feel so grateful for them they're honoring of you like, i love that word you used about being feeling honored um, that's what we lo- we really appreciate that in others when we experience that so why why do we then find find it so hard to do ourselves that we then feel that we need to put on a show we put so much pressure of expectation on us and again i love that insight from the students that, that we live in such a filtered world we, everyone loves the language of authentic, authenticity, honesty, but that's very different from actually being authentic, being honest and putting your worst self out there.
1: And I think, like, you can do practical things. If you're someone listening today who just thinks, oh, I know I should, but I can't do it, like, do it with someone else. Like, I, like I've said to a few of my single friends, like... They want to organise, you know, going down to the beach to have lunch or something and they do a general text out. No one replies and then they feel rubbish that they've they've put themselves out to be hospitable. Come on, come down the beach. But why not try and get one person to come? So like now my friend will say, are you free Saturday? Do you want to come to the beach? She knows I'm going to be there. Then she does the generic text and then it's going to be me and her or me and her and everybody else and it takes the weight off feeling like I've totally stepped out and it's really freaky like like have someone you like who's free to come around and be there with you and be your sous chef you know like come and just be there to talk to people if you panic about talking or just being there like I don't think you have to do it alone and I know like When I've started um, different cultures, sometimes I get a bit freaked out. I don't want to be offending people by doing things that isn't their culture and I don't know. And then you think, oh, whereas actually having someone else who I know knows me and has been round and saying, can you come round? I'm going to invite this family round or this person round. And um, it might just be easier if you're there. And then doing it together is really lovely because, again, I'm, I'm... Helping and training someone else to be hospitable, but giving it a nice environment where maybe I'm a bit scared of what might happen next, having someone else there who can help and support that as well.
0: Mm, that's really helpful and really good wisdom I like lo- I mean we're all familiar with the uh, the ghosting that goes on on whatsapp where we just watch watch what other people are saying and inviting us to and never say anything and I won't ever leave the group because that's you know people will then see that I've left a whatsapp group so instead we just ignore everything that goes on which actually then cultivates a feeling of shame and sadness and people don't want to be with me but so I think that's really helpful wisdom just about inviting one person you know making something practical happen um, it just reminds me as well you know jesus's parable of the um the banquet where the, the king puts on this banquet but people start making excuses why they can't come and jesus eventually says, well the master of the banquet then says we'll go to the highways and the hedgeways go to the byways and find people get people to come to this and, and how much you know there's a difference and this is what i guess i want to kind of get your thoughts on as well. it seems to me that there's a difference between having friends over and hospitality talk to me a bit about that difference
1: well yeah like as, as we were, we, we've talked about this before, Mitch Jez, and I, and I was sort of looking through the Bible. And actually, the verses on hospitality talk about the needy and about strangers. They don't say about your best buds. Like, it's nice having socials with all your friends. Um, but actually, the whole point of this, isn't it? Is the whole idea of you know opening up your home or spending time to make people feel connected in like if you you're part of a church we want people to feel part of the church family and feel connected and feel on a journey together and actually a quick hello on a Sunday morning doesn't really do that like um and you know Ollie and I we're we're quite rubbish if we if I I broadcast it live we're quite rubbish at praying sometimes together. He's very good without me, but together we're rubbish. And then actually having people round has been amazing for our prayer life because we always try and finish before they go and stuff. And that's really awkward, but we're pushing through on that to say, can we pray? Let's see what God's saying tonight. You know, we want people to go out and feel blessed. Um, so it's actually helping our prayer life because we try and do it every time someone comes round.
0: yeah, and I think you know that your experience again as a, as a new Christian in a small church being invited round, they they took someone they didn't know very well and invited them into their home. We, I remember, always remember this quote from Spurgeon. He says that fellowship is a willingness to know and be known. And we're all okay with the idea of knowing other people. Like, I'll come around your house and let you, you know, get to know me. But to invite you into my house is to invite you into, you uh, know, is to make myself vulnerable. But unless I'm willing to allow myself to be known in my space, mess and all, then actually there's no real fellowship. It just, it stays on that level of small talk, surface level, hey, hello on a Sunday. And we call that family. <laughs> you know, we call that church family you talk, you you mentioned then about you know your, your single friends trying to get together and stuff how much do you think married this is so, this is something the married couples need to think through how much is the responsibility just on married couples what kind of responsibility should there be on single people in this respect as well any comments on that uh,
1: well I, I, it doesn't say in the Bible only these people should be hospitable only these people should be welcome I think everyone's on different journeys I think when we had young people young babies, it's hard like like the pressure of will my baby sleep through the night? Will my baby be quiet? Will my baby wake up and just scream and I'm bouncing this baby all night? I think when you're single, there's the fear of you invite someone and they don't come around and I know my single friends like they plan things and if people let them down, it, it hurts them because they need to feel, busy and occupied and suddenly it it, is a lot more vulnerable for them to say come round um and they do like being part of families but that it's a wrestle with single people isn't it because they like feeling part of things but also some of my friends are broken because they're mourning the loss of almost not having that family that they always wish they had Um, so i think i think Married people, I think we hundred percent should be doing it. Like, and we should, and you shouldn't worry about. We've had single people round, and they've loved just connecting in with us and not feeling like the odd one out because they're single and if and we're married or whatever. I think it, it should go beyond what your status is. You should feel. I mean, that's what church is, isn't it? We've got widows and we've got married people we've got single people we've got divorced you know you've got everyone there and you want everyone to feel connected and some people I think do need to feel more connected and part of your life than just uh, a dinner once a year like you know I think some people love just being welcoming your house and feeling part of that but like I know like my friend who's single she really struggled to open up her flat like she kind of like, I've got no table, I've just got a sofa, like, do people want this? And and for a time she would come round to our house and invite someone round and we'd all be there and she would cook dinner at ours for them because she just found it was like less threatening to, to come to our house and sit round a table with us there as well. And that was fine, but actually that built her up and she's been brilliant. She's had a few open houses in her flat now. And um, she quite enjoys people coming round and being part of her life. And she's sort of over that she hasn't got a table. You know, she kind of just uses what she's got, which is amazing as well. So I don't know. I feel like everyone should do it. But I don't think we should all compare and kind of feel like, well, that person does it like that. So I need to do it like that. I think we just work with what God's given us and what status we're in and what flat or house we have. Like you can't have... 30 people around if you've got the smallest flat with one sofa like it's not going to work but hopefully as a church there might be someone who can and you might be like look I really want to do this I really want these people around can't fit them in my flat could I have it at your house which people often ask us and which I absolutely love doing so I don't know I mean it's a bit more scary asking that isn't it but
0: yeah, but I think it seems to be one of the necessary responses to um, how we cultural ethic and marriage marriage um, uh, teaching on. Yeah, if we're going to hold to a traditional teaching on marriage, then we really need to make sure in a society like this where romantic love has been so idolized that we need to create. Proper, robust communities for people in different stages of life, rather than idolizing and siloing away married married people. Married people spend time with married people. Single people spend time with single people. Young people spend time with young people. Is the hospitality supposed to be you know like that that parable of people from all different people, nervous, um, and yet it doesn't stop you. Again, I just I, I would like to I just find it fascinating. So in, in Wendy's mind, when she goes to church on a Sunday morning, um, is she already thinking? does she already know it's weird talking to the third person about this person in front of me does she wendy already know that after church she's going to invite 10 different people back to her house for lunch or does do you turn up at church thinking i've got one person coming and now i'll just find anyone who wants to come um what's your general approach to sundays and food
1: Wow, well, so it's changed since lockdown so before lockdown i pretty much had like a little rotor in my head of a sunday So one Sunday, I plan to have four families about, I'd invite them around for tea. So like kids tea, four o'clock. And I'd just do sausages, crumpets, uh, muffins, you know, maybe some pizza, sort of like a I mean, all the parents would eat as well, but it'd be like a sort of early tea at five. Um, But invite all these families around. So I'd try and do that once a month. And I I kind of just picked up, I lurked around, I thought, who doesn't know anyone? Who's who's on the fringe? Who's new? Who might want to like some food or maybe their kids don't know anyone and maybe need to connect in. So I'd try and do that once a month. And then one Sunday, i I sort of look to see if there's, a group of people who maybe just want to come for an evening meal you know sort of people who don't have children and just you know may play a game have some snacks and a game or a light dinner and then I would try and get like a proper meal like try and get one couple or a family or a couple and some single people just a mix maybe like four people four five six people like what yeah so I kind of in my mind before COVID I had like a, a monthly plan of who am I looking for today <laughs> who's coming around this week and try and do something like that um after covid it's it well, I feel like a lot of people would say covid's been a, a weird time where we've either been absolutely in isolation for two years stuck in our houses or you've had a family <laughs> wishing you were in isolation for two years um or like just it, it's, it's been weird coming back into it really because I've just been used to two children and my husband and I in the house and like you just got into this routine of what the four of us did. And maybe you'd go for a walk with someone, but you know, no one was allowed in or you'd sit freezing cold in the garden. But, you know, you know like you kind of had all these things and actually through it um, just kind of learning and uh, like how how I work and and how Ollie works and realising um, working for the church sometimes He doesn't get fueled with the house being full with church people every hour of the day because all they want to talk to him is about church, which for me isn't my job. So it doesn't bother me. But for him, it was like it was like a realization in lockdown that that doesn't bless him sometimes if he's had a very heavy pastoral day. To suddenly go, we've got 20 people from church coming round. <laughs> and they're all gonna talk to you about the issues of church. Yeah. You know, like it's not gonna bless him. And so I feel like now our calendar's different. And so I'm more aware of what Ollie's doing and more aware of what fits in with him as well. Because, like though I'm still, yeah, let's have everyone round. Actually, I need to honour my husband as well. And and know what works with him. So my life group on a Tuesday, he he doesn't, he sort of says hi, but it's not his thing. Like he does his his life group on a Wednesday. Um, so that is my thing when I have the whole house full of people and it doesn't affect him. So it's really nice because it doesn't, I don't have to be like, has he had a busy day? Is this gonna affect him? Um, but yeah, so I, I guess it has to, like, I've got a bit more of a structure now. I try and not feel every Sunday, especially when I know it's a busy Sunday morning for him. And yeah, the afternoon, he just needs to rest because he's got a funeral going on and this going on. And it's not going to bless him having a house full of people. Um, so yeah, there's things like that. I've, I've had to get out of my comfort zone since lockdown because I think... I got used to the house looking very tidy because our kids are old enough. They don't really make much mess and everything just looked lovely and clean all the time. And then suddenly we got a new kitchen during lockdown and suddenly you get people in and you're like, oh, don't ruin the new sink. And oh, there's grubby hands on things. And I, it's funny, like from being for someone who's really never cared and everyone just muck in. Lockdown I, done weird things to me and I've had I've almost stepped back a hundred steps and like the fear thing you were saying I've definitely had to fight it when everyone's here I love it I'm back in my happy zone but I'm not necessarily in a rush and I have to fight it to remember I want people to come over to my house
0: <laughs> I really like this really helpful I just I mean going back to the verse that you have above your mirror i love it because you're saying this is an act of obedience i I don't get a choice this is what it means to be a follower of christ is to share the resources i've got with people so i want to talk more about that but coming back to your marriage (laughs) let's talk about the marriage dynamic because you know you and ollie are both extroverts we'd like to relax often with seeing people but what you touched on some things there, what would you say as just helpful advice then to married couples who are trying to work this out? Question one. Question two um, How do you make sure you maintain a, a, a healthy cycle of activity and rest, like a, a Sabbath day or a time in your week as well?
1: Well, yeah, so the Sabbath obviously is very biblical, isn't it? Like, Jesus, like God made the world and then he rested. Like there's obviously clearly a, a sign in the Bible that we need to have a time where we rest. And I think I've become head of department this year and my workload has just gone up and work has taken over a lot of extra hours, which normally I was very sensible and just left work at work. And sometimes I can't because there's too much riding on things that I need to take it home. And so I've really been aware of having, yeah, we just being clear of what, I mean, we've got our calendar and just looking at the week and going, what's important? Because you want people to come round but you also need to look after yourself like if you're just burning out and you've got nothing to give like people are generally not going to have a very fun time coming round. (laughs) if I'm just sitting there marking going this is real life this is raw don't mind me I'm just going to mark a couple of exam papers while I talk to you like you know you want to give people your time so I think it is just being really practical I think Lockdown's really helped um, Ollie and I to actually talk to each other, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous. But I think I didn't understand sometimes the pressure he has and how actually having a whole house full of people after a funeral isn't probably the best thing for him. Um, uh, so just looking through the calendar and just being wise with, with big days or heavy days or weeks where we just think, what's a lot going on there? Um, but also not making excuses, like I said, like having ways around it. So some Tuesdays, I am absolutely exhausted and don't want to have a life group of 20 people in my house. But I know it's important. And so those weeks, I've got a few people now in the group that I'll text and be like, quite tired tonight. Happy for you all to come round. Can you can you run the Bible stuff or Can you bring some drinks? I haven't had time to go and buy any Coke this week from the shop. And you start pulling other people in. It's not, like I said before, it's not all about the Wendy show. I don't want people just to come around and be like, wow, Wendy's amazing. I want them to come around and love Jesus. I want them to come and feel part of something and connected in. So it's it's almost like a bit of a training zone as well. You want to equip people to be like, I know it's my house, but you do the cups of tea. Off you go. You know, like, there's the kettle. Help yourself. Um, and, like, make people feel at home in my home. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, I really wanted a drink and Wendy never offered me. Like, go and help yourself, you know, like... And it's been working really well in my group. Um, I, don't, I would hate to say, oh, I'm too tired, I can't come to a group tonight or I can't run life group and let people down because I'm tired. Um, I don't know. I just think it's getting that balance, isn't it? It's being realistic. If you've got full-on week, like I had Ofsted recently... It was a full-on week. I don't think I processed anything that week, so that was a silly idea to have anyone in my house because I wasn't here. Um, so there are weeks that come up that you are just overwhelmed, and I think it's being wise and talking, especially if you're married, to each other. Don't just pile your house full of people if that's going to be too much. And like my friend Jackie, I said, like her husband Andy is an extrovert. He loves people around, but they, they're really wise. They talk to each other. And Jackie's like, you know, if we're having all these people in here, I need Wednesday. I need Wednesday to be a quiet day, please. Mm. And I think it's just communication, isn't it? It's being human and and knowing what what your strengths and your weaknesses are and when your rest days need to be.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. And I love how you are, you know, you keep keep repeating this theme of the importance of knowing yourself, not comparing yourself to other people, not thinking I must have this or hospitality must look like this. It's more a, a posture of heart that says I'm going to be obedient to this command but I'm also going to try to use what I've got as a tool. One thing I just want to um kind of comment on, get your you know your input on is the verse you started with from Hebrews 13. I was looking at that recently as well. And it says actually before the bit you read, it says, let brotherly love continue to show hospitality. Brotherly love is much more about hos- um, fellowship, isn't it? Do not, d- yeah, make sure you are continuing to be in fellowship with others. Oh, and don't neglect to spend time with, outsiders and i think that's a distinction between outsiders so my question is how do you yeah how have you sought to show hospitality to outsiders people you don't know people you haven't met through the church
1: and and yeah that's hard like um we when we lived in a flat in town um it we had this tiny little corridor and there was five other places and it Christmas things like that are easy you kind of go oh do you want to pop around for a drink um do you, do you want to come and have some mince pies um but in the flat we found we it was so much easier to invite people in we all shared the same steps and so you bumped into each other on the corridor and like, we had people around all the time, like, and sometimes it it was weird with, like, an old guy who used to love to drink. You'd come at 11 o'clock at night and you'd be like, I'm going to bed. Like, this is too late. Um, but you were kind of in each other's lives, you know, like, um, it was a really nice community. And then when we moved to our first house, I was suddenly aware of suddenly having your own front door, how hard it is to to connect, I wasn't brushing shoulders with people in the corridor anymore. And um, that house was good because we didn't have a driveway. And so I had to park halfway down the road and so did everyone else. So that was the brushing shoulders bit. And we started to get to know the neighbors I was a little bit keen and I made cupcakes and and knocked on doors and went, hi, welcome, hello, I'm new in the house, new, welcome, welcome. Um, but I like used to sort of clock and you'd see all your neighbors as you were walking up and down to your cars. And uh, we'd just tried, with the tiniest little garden and we just tried to have like a sort of afternoon bring and share lunch thing, which was okay. Um, but yeah, that was hard. But then moving to our house now, we've got a driveway And it has been so hard to connect with strangers, you know, your neighbours and stuff, because I literally get out the house, go into my car and I wouldn't even see anyone in the road. And suddenly, you know, the bigger house you get and the further back, you are very safe and protected behind your front door that it is easy not to think I'm going to invite any strangers in. (laughs) Like, it's really hard. And even with work colleagues, like I know these people, I've worked with them for years and maybe to go for a drink after work kind of works. It's, it's all right. But, like, I tried to invite them all. And I just ordered a takeaway. I wasn't going to cook. But I invited them and their partners, if they had partners, round for dinner. And it was weird. It, w- <laughs> it wasn't a fun experience. Like, we're not really friends. And, like, when we've had our neighbours round, I really made an effort at Christmas last year just to invite people round for mince pies one afternoon. And you've got this real age age range of people real odd people who are completely strange like not people I'd be like I just really want to hang out with you and just awkward didn't enjoy it but I yeah again I, I felt like it was important and those those times have developed friendships you know over the years I now know their names and that names are great aren't they, they give you such power when people know that you know their name you, you suddenly instantly feel like oh hello um but yeah it's made those relationships slowly and we're not really close with our neighbors still but because they've been in our house and they they've they've looked around at my mess and 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 know who we are like we've opened up a bit of us and was it fun probably wasn't (laughs) it was really awkward at times just sitting there like oh when are you all going home this is just weird but like at the same time, you know, they saw a bit of us. We've got a Bible verse um, in our room and, you know, just things you think they see the Bibles on the shelf and they sort of start seeing a bit of who we are in our culture, which I think is really important. And I've never been invited around any of our neighbours' houses. So it's not like they've done it. And um, so I feel like I've done something they haven't done.
0: <laughs> um, You're winning. If you can just treat this as a competition, I'm winning.
1: Oh, <laughs> <that's it>, one nil. <laughs>
0: I mean, we're we're living in a time in a society that is becoming more and more polarized, divided, and it just it does. It strikes me that it's so easy to just avoid people and not have them into our homes. This strikes me as being a massive way that we can, you know, on an individual level, it's a bit of activism. Restore the divides in society by having people around your table who are different from you. Um, I mean, you you had some comments earlier though about how to make it slightly easier when you're with people you don't necessarily get on well with
1: um yeah i i i feel like and i i certainly sounds really spiritual but like the whole reason i invited my neighbors around at christmas wasn't because i i need friends i don't need any friends i don't need anyone else really in my life and my life's a bit busy um so it wasn't that It wasn't like I wanted to show off my house. We've all got the same size houses. It's not like I'm like, oh, check me out. Like, we're all the same. They've probably got better houses than me. Um, But my real purpose was so missional, you know. I just wanted... I wanted God to break in. And I didn't know if they knew Jesus or not. Like You know, you just... I don't know. And I think that's our whole purpose on earth, isn't it? To, To go and share the good news with people. And how can you do that if you don't even know them? If you haven't ever... Connected in had that relationship, and then you know you think I've had opportunities since with our neighbours next door when her mum's been really ill recently to to pray to say can I pray for your mum is that okay like she knows I'm a Christian we've had that early entry in which was awkward (laughs) but now when I occasionally see her at the car we have these little snippets of conversation and I think that's the whole point of my life really. To try and share the good news and to be a light to others, and though having them all round was really odd and awkward, and <laughs> won't necessarily say that's the best thing to do, but because of that, they've all softened. They now it's not like I'm door knocking and trying to make friends with them on the front door, which is, it, it, they, people find very weird. And now I feel like when I see people, I've got a little bit more depth and a little bit further to go. And I feel like before they came, I did, I I prayed loads because I knew it was going to be weird because I hadn't, didn't even know who I was posting these invites through the post box to. I hadn't even seen them. Um, I knew it was going to be weird. And I just felt like I'm not doing this on my own. The Holy Spirit's with me. And, you know, like I just wanted it to be an opportunity if God needed it to be. Um, for for prayer or for sharing the gospel or just those first entry levels of them knowing a Christian. They might have never met a Christian in their life. And uh, a friend at church recently, she got to know a few neighbours by uh, by braving it and said it was, she had a few of the mums round during the day for a cup of coffee and said it was really horrible. Like they didn't speak, it was really, really weird. But because of that, she saw that this woman an ambulance came recently and she knocked on her door and uh, this woman was just really really unwell and she said you're the christian i remember you saying you're a christian can you pray like the doctors don't really know what to do with me and so she went into this lady's house and prayed and you think you don't have those opportunities unless you at first open yourself up and introduce yourself and and are, are that person to that stranger and I'm, you know, I'm desperately hoping not that someone's ill in the road, but like, you know, they know I'm the Christian now. And I hope I have those opportunities when they need it, that they go, she'll help or can she might pray. And that's what I really want to do it for.
0: Yeah, oh, so beautiful. And this is our this is our calling. Like, a, I think Jesus's metaphor of no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Like no one, no one becomes a Christian and shuts their door and <laughs> keeps himself to himself. Like, you, sh- you shouldn't do that. And uh, it's just the. The self-identity, perhaps, that you are a priest and your job as a priest is to bless the world, is to take the presence of God into the world to be a blessing. And, um, yeah, I won't be praying that people are sick around you, but that <laughs> people... Um, yeah, it's, just, it's an incredibly missional thing to do. You think that's how the early church turned the world upside down, through their love for one another, but through their hospitality and extending of love to others. Of course, the word hospitality comes from hospital, which was set up by Christians as being a house of healing. Remember... Um, well, what else is in your heart or mind, Wend? <laughs> I mean, you i mean, you've—you've always been—it's um, a really passionate evangelist. You said, yeah, "I say evangelist," someone who really wants to share the, the gospel. You've always lived with this desire to be missional, to be out in the community. I think you've always seen that as being a big part of, you know, your role. But I also know because we're quite similar and that we're quite intense and. Um, put a lot of pressure on ourselves to save people or to change people and it it can become quite demoralizing and tiring. So how do you keep yourself buoyed, Um, upbeat, perhaps when you feel discouraged, people would don't want to come around or it's awkward or you're not getting the gospel opportunities that you want how do you keep yourself buoyed and stop yourself from just spiraling into my life's rubbish I'm a rubbish Christian you know God's not using me those sorts of things I know we've had these conversations before
1: (laughs) I think um I feel like especially since actually I've been on a journey where I've just realized like it's not about I don't know it's just not about me like i feel like i put so much pressure over the years on it is me like if i don't go out and do this this and this and if i do this wrong all disaster's going to hit and um i've just felt real peace and freedom really knowing it's it's all on god really <laughs> um, you know all i can do is use what god's given me and and just hope, like you know god will bless it and uh, i think that's been really nice i feel like i can probably give you many horror stories of bad food awkward evenings um <laughs> but actually knowing that I can almost wipe my hands of it and go god use it like you know you tell me to open up my house you've given me this house to bless others with I'm doing this you know use use what rubbish I can give you you know like I think I know that I make mistakes I know I run out of things to talk about I put I, I i was what i'm good now at this but ollie will tell you if someone came around who was a vegetarian or a vegan for some reason i'd spend the whole night talking about meat. (laughs) and you you just think that's ridiculous i don't know i've behaved myself but i don't know you know like there's things and you think i can't believe i just talked about meat all night what's wrong with me um but I know God blesses it still, it, all my mistakes, all my awkward conversations, bad food, etc. Like I know when, when we step out and our heart's good, you know, I, I'm not doing it for myself, or my own praise. I want I just want God to bless it and honour it and to bring some light into people's lives. Like God's going to use that. My, he's going to use my worst utensils and my worst efforts and bring glory because God's good. And uh, that's been really helpful just to sort of almost <sighs> take it off me and know that God's got it
0: oh that's so helpful because i do think that you know the the emphasis on mission though appropriate can feel like a double-edged sword because it can turn around and cut you because you think i'm trying but i'm not seeing any fruit lord what am i doing wrong whereas actually to realize god's got it it's on him my job in this relationship my role is obedience (laughs) his it's up to him what fruit comes but my role is to like a priest to bless people and to bring the presence of god to people so i'm 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 just a really releasing answer and freeing and actually like you you've shared the amount of times you've opened your home up and not necessarily wanted to, you've been tired you've probably correct me if I'm wrong you're always glad that you've done it afterwards is that right would you say that
1: yeah I do <laughs> I, I, th- I just that... think it just feels more I don't know like you just feel like you have a purpose in life you know like if your work if your life is just working like what's the point in that it's really you're going to work to whatever age and then you can't work anymore <laughs> like i just i feel like if if my part in the bringing the kingdom in is discipling because it's what jesus says doesn't he you know go out and make disciples like people just going to church isn't enough they need to they need to be discipled they need to be part of something they need to be included and people who don't know jesus need to see it need to be part of it need to be invited in too. and If that's my part in the gospel going out and my part in Jesus's kingdom coming, like, I'll take that. (laughs) That's good.
0: That's great. Wend, I think for a lot of people listening, their kind of heart's going to be inspired by everything that you've said. Could you um, read for us again that verse from Peter and then pray for those of us who have been listening to this thinking, Oh, Lord, I, I want my life to count in that way.
1: Okay so 1 Peter 4 verse 9 says cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Lord God I thank you for everyone listening today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be light in the darkness. How you want to use us God. Thank you for what you've given us Uh, thank you for our houses or our flats or our rooms lord that nothing is too small that it can't be used for your glory lord and i just pray that You'll stir people's hearts right now to to wanna honor you god with what you've given us that whatever it is the smallest possible room it might be that we can use it for your glory god help us to know that we can just be it go out there and make such a difference by welcoming the sort of people we don't know yet, the people in need, the people who need a meal, the people who need a family, uh, who need to be connected in, who need to be part of your kingdom, Jesus, or a part of your kingdom, and they need to be discipled and loved and nurtured and, and enter in fervor. Lord God. Help us all not to just be selfish and just want our time and just things for us, And people who have got fear, I pray in the name of Jesus, you'll break that. That Father, we don't do this alone, that your spirit is with us and we go out there knowing we've got you alongside us. And I pray that for those people who are fearful, I pray you break those chains, you break that fear, that you're not a God of fear, that you're a God of strength and power and love and you pour it all out on us as children of God. And yeah, I just pray that everyone today will just 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 have a go don't put any pressure on yourself don't do anything crazy or fancy just small steps and just have a go and just be blessed by honoring and blessing others in your name jesus amen